Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Ashley Johnson sharing her three birth stories, each their own unique experiences. The first, a water birth at a birth center. The second, covering 24 hours of hard labor. And the third, a home water birth that was almost unassisted. We are grateful to hear Ashley's truth today. Hello, Ashley. Welcome to the show. Hello, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Absolutely. So I am currently in Baltimore, Maryland. I have three kids, seven, three and a half, and almost six months. Um, I am in birth work as a childbirth educator, creator of the birth class in a box, um, and just really passionate about helping moms define motherhood for themselves. That's an exciting world you're in there with the birth work, with three children, um, and making it fit for yourself and in your life, right? Um, With three kids, birth work can be challenging, but... Um, you're making space for it and making it in a way that, uh, like with the birth class in a box, that makes it accessible to so many other people who can't necessarily fit into the schedules of um, the traditional classes and things. So that's awesome. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about your first pregnancy? Yes. So I got pregnant on my honeymoon and my first son came like exactly nine months, like to the day. Um, my wedding was September 13th, Friday, September 13th. And my son came Friday, June 13th. <laughs> so it was like right on point. The pregnancy was very um, like textbook, didn't have really much issues, um, not really morning sickness, anything like that. It was just so beautiful. Like I really, really enjoyed it. Um, And one of the things that happened during my pregnancy was just hearing other people's stories. Like I was, um, when I first started, I was like, I'm really afraid of needles. Um, I'm really afraid of hospitals. Um, And so I wanted to find something different for my experience. And so I, you know, made the conclusion, oh, we're going to do a birth center. I'm going to have a natural birth. I would love to do water birth. And when I would tell people this, like random people, I could be on a bus stop. But, you know, when you're pregnant, everybody has questions and wants to give you all of their unsolicited advice. Um, And people would just tell me like horror stories. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, like, why are you telling me this? Or they would just really discourage me from like going natural and all those type of things. And then I met I was at a work event and I met this lady and she was asking me about my pregnancy. And she was like, Oh my goodness, you want to go natural? Do it. I did it. It was beautiful. I have, I think she had like two or three kids. She was like, it's amazing. Don't let nobody tell you different. Like, do it your way. And that's all I needed. Um, and then I had an amazing birth. It was everything that I could have like dreamed of or wished for. Um, and it, it was just, it was really awesome. I took birth classes with my husband, and that definitely was probably the best thing I could have done in order to have the experience that I wanted. Now, when did you get into birth work? Was this after which pregnancy or what stage in your life? It was right after um, the birth of my first son. Um, Literally had him in June. In December, I was taking classes. 
Um, and I started as a Bradley childbirth educator and because um, that was the classes that I had taken that were so beneficial to me. And then I quickly realized that I didn't want to continue as a Bradley instructor simply because it just didn't fit the lives of the women that I wanted to connect with, right? It was 12 weeks of classes and it was almost $300 for these classes. It was just a lot. Um, and yeah, that the whole experience of birth and having just an amazing birth that was different than I had heard really sparked a new passion inside of me to to help other people have similar experiences. Now, was your first birth at a birth center? Um, was this with midwifery care? Did you have any other supports other than your husband there? How was that? So, yes, it was a birth center. I did have a midwife. It was a team of like five or six midwives. Um, and I had a doula as well. Um, at the time, one of the, I think the hospitals in the area had like a free doula program for their nurses who are interested in like that side of work. Um, so I had a doula through that, but she actually missed the birth. She was like there for, you know, the labor and they were planning on sending me home because um, they were like, oh, you're not really dilated. So we're going to send you home. So she hung out with us for a few hours and then she ended up leaving. And when I got checked again, right before I got home, I was eight centimeters dilated. So they were like, no, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> so she missed it. Um, my mom was also there and my best friend. Um, my mother-in-law was there with my son and then later my sister came down as well and they like waited out until everything was over how long were you at the birth center until you were actually like in the pushing stage we got there around 10 in the morning and i had him around 3 30. okay so it went pretty quickly it did everyone was so surprised for my first birth they were like wait a second like what's going on here this is moving faster than usual but you know it's everyone is different <laughs> absolutely absolutely especially for um a first experience mm -hmm. i know that you started um exploring birth work after this first birth but how was your like immediate postpartum with your son your first child <sighs> So my mom stayed with us for a few weeks um, to kind of help me get acclimated to everything. Um, I was on maternity leave for, I want to say, two months. Um, and my husband was also on maternity leave for a little bit over a month. So that was really, really helpful. Um, so we had, you know, people that were, you know, sending us food and money and we were able to order food and things like that. Um, and I was pretty fine. Like my, my body was healing really well. I was resting a lot. Um, I didn't do too much. I pretty much let everybody do everything. Um, but like breastfeeding was a challenge. That was kind of the biggest um, challenge for me. And I, I remember sitting on the couch. It was like the middle of the night, sitting on the couch. And I'm sitting next to my mom and I'm engorged. This was probably like day three or four. Big old boobs, they're hurting, baby's crying because he's hungry, but I can't figure out how to get him to latch onto these big old boobs. And I'm like crying, he's crying. My mom's just like holding me. And my husband comes out the room and he's like, babe, what, why, why didn't anybody wake me up? And I'm like, for what? What are you gonna do? <laughs> how can you help? <laughs> 
and, and you know, we got through it though. Like it, it, that part in that moment, it was so overwhelming and it was just like, what the heck did I get myself into? But, you know, getting through that and like tongue tie issues, lip tie issues. When I looked back years later, it, it took somebody to ask me questions to even remember those things happened. Right. Like they seem so big in the moment, but later on it's like, it becomes not even a big thing. And you, I, I forgot about it. So. So how much space between the next pregnancy? So my boys are four years apart. Okay. Yes. So it was, it was a, a good while. Um, and it was perfect because my, my oldest, he was like excited. He was at an age where he can kind of help out. He understood what was going on. Um, and the second pregnancy was different. It wasn't like horrible, but um, the, na- the, nausea, the nausea was at another level. Um, aches and pains were at another level. It, was, it seemed like all of the, the third trimester aches and pains that I had in my first pregnancy started in like the second trimester for me. So it was a little more uncomfortable, um, but I still enjoyed my bump. I was I was excited about having that little belly and I felt it made me feel really special being pregnant each time because you know people were paying attention and they wanted to you know ask me all these questions and I was you know since I was especially since I had become got into birth work I was excited to talk about it yes let's talk about my birth let's talk about this pregnancy <laughs> so yeah it was it was it was fun so when you decided going to the second pregnancy did you choose the birth center again or did you go a different route yes we did do the birth center again um it was just convenient and it's it was um it was really interesting so my I was the first that I know of of my family to have a birth outside of a hospital um as far as like my sisters my cousins my mom and aunt and um with the first one they were like it's 50 minutes from your house. Like, how are you going to do that? You're going to have a baby on the side of the road and blah, blah, blah. And then we moved and it was still far. It was like 45, 50 minutes away from my house. And um, I was like, I don't care. I'm still doing this. I read, this is what I want. This is the environment that'll help me have the experience that I want. So that's what I'm going to do. I'd rather have my baby on the side of the road than at a hospital. So let's do it. I went right back there. Now, at this point, you've done birth classes. You've become a doula yourself. Did your husband or um, any of your other support people need any additional support, or did you do anything differently in terms of the prep work for the pregnancy? Um, for for the second pregnancy, I still um, got a doula. Uh, she was a, a really good friend of mine that I had been doing some work with at the time. So I still did have a doula. And it was it was more for my husband than it was for me. Because my husband, like, he took those classes with me during the first pregnancy. So he, you know, knew all of the things. He was on board. He knew how to be really helpful and supportive and how to, like, guard my space. Um, and so she was really there to kind of be his backup. Like, when he needed a break, then she would step in. Um, you know, when he needed to go to the bathroom or whatever, or he was just overwhelmed or needed to take a nap, she would step in. And she really, um, she did a really great job of like, 
just being like, hey, what do you need me to do? Talking to him. Like, what do, what do you need me to do? And it was funny because afterwards she would just be like, I'm so blown away. Like, I, I didn't expect your husband to be so like be the doula. Like I, I thought I was going to be doing more. She's like, but I'm great. I'm, I'm glad that that's how it happened. But I thought I was going to be a little more hands on. So it was, yeah. Um, it makes me think about um, with doula work, how these expectations of even like of the client are like, oh, I want my doula to do this and this and this, but how that can shift and change with each pregnancy, um, especially with a more experienced partner um, and more experienced birthing person and how like these needs change, but that they were still someone that you needed in the space, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, every person is different and every birth is different, right? So with that first birth, I needed my doula. She was hands-on and still my, my husband was still kind of like the first doula, right? And she was kind of like the secondary, but she was a lot more hands-on. But she also was there to like provide information to my family and to help calm their nerves and guard the space that way. Whereas in the second one, um, everybody kind of knew what to expect because we had been here before. And so she was more so just, you know, turning down the lights and putting candles around and, um, you know, putting up the diffuser, kind of like, you know, that secondary hands-on type of thing. Um, but it definitely shifted and, sh- and, and sh- was a little bit different in each one. So with your second birth, um, what point did you know that you were actually in labor? So it it started the evening before I had my son. Um, and consistent contractions, they were very spread apart. Um, kind of didn't really pay too much attention to it. And my husband is really big on rest. If you're going to get through this, you need to go to sleep. You need to be rested. So he was like, let's go to bed. You know, he's like turning down the lights. Lights out for everybody. He's calling folks like, hey, make sure you're ready to come get the other, you know, our other son. Um, And he just like was really good at just keeping the atmosphere really calm so I can go to sleep. And then in the middle of the night, I got up to go to the bathroom. And when I came back and lay down, my water broke. And I was like, oh, no, because my whole bed was the side of my bed is wet. And I'm like, uh, and I, I freaked out a little bit in that moment. Um, because with my first, my water broke while I was pushing, right? So now I'm like, wait a second, am I that close? Like we're we're still at the house. We're we're still, you know, 45 minutes away from the birth center. Um, but it it still, I still had a, a little, not even a little bit of time, a lot of bit of time to go. Um, and so we called the midwife, you know, she asked all the questions and she was like, you know, rest a little bit, don't freak out. And, um, you know, try to, try to go back to sleep if you can. And, uh, I actually was able to go back to sleep. Um, and then when we woke up a few hours later and that's when things were like, okay, these contractions are really coming. Um, and then probably I want to say maybe five, six in the morning, we hit it to the birth center. Um, and then we were, we were on then. When I got there, it's super dark outside. The midwife meets us at the car. Um, 
and she gets us inside, gets us comfortable. You know, she's asking questions. Um, with this, with the second pregnancy, I was denying everything. Like, I don't want any cervical checks. I don't want any, um, no sonograms. I was like, y'all can keep all of the things. I don't want none of it. And so they were really going off of like the contractions, the intensity, you know, my emotions, how I was responding to everything to kind of see how I was progressing. Um, after we were, I was in labor for a a really long time. I was at the birth center for a full twenty four hours, and I had already been in the been in labor probably twelve hours prior to that. Um, and <laughs> the the thing that was different with this one, and it connects to that me denying everything. Midway through my pregnancy, the midwives kept suggesting that I bind my belly because they saw that it was sticking out really far. And they were like, baby is not engaged in the pelvis. Like baby is kind of far out. So how about we, you know, you know, just put a band on so you could kind of pull it in a little bit and help baby to engage. And I went really extreme in this idea of like, my body knows exactly what it needs to do. And I don't need to help it in that way. Like, no, I'm, again, just denying all of the things um, <laughs> to my own demise, almost. And um, so during labor, my midwife was like, we have to figure out how to get this baby engaged into the pelvis because these contractions are pretty much just squeezing baby at this point. Like, it's not really helping baby to move down and to, you know, come out. It's just squeezing baby in place. So we have to figure out how to get, you know, baby engaged. And after hours of, like, walking and squats and using the rebozo and all those different things, she was like, okay, I'm going to suggest something. You are not going to like it, but I think this is what we should do. So she was like, We're, let's tie your belly to, you know, get baby in, in the pelvis. And I need you to like literally hold your belly in when you have a contraction. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, that sounds crazy. And I couldn't do it. Like, I literally could not, mentally it was like causing myself more pain. And so I could not do it. And so she would try to help me do it. My husband would do it, like hold my belly as I was having a contraction. And I was so afraid of the pain that it was just, it, it, it kind of really wasn't working. At the same time, I'm freaking out mentally because I'm like, I've been here forever. She's going to send me to the hospital. And who knows what's going to happen when I get there. And so eventually I just said it, like I'm like bawling, crying. And this is like, we're having like a little powwow. And she's like, how are you feeling? You know, do you feel really tired? Like, what do you want to do? And I just start bawling, crying. And I'm like, I don't want to go to the hospital. Like this, I just, I don't know what to do. I'm just so scared. And she's like, wait a minute. Who said you were going to the hospital? And I'm like, I don't want you to stay me there because I know this is taking forever. And she was like, do you want to go to the hospital? And I'm like, no. She's like, well, then why are you saying that? I'm not sending you nowhere. You, if you're still in it, I'm still in it. Let's go. And I'm like, okay, let's go. So that kind of gave me a fresh... Uh, kind of a fresh wind of like, okay, she she's in it with me. I'm gonna do it. And she she actually stayed past her shift to stay with me, which was 
so amazing. I was so grateful um, to her because I, I, I felt like I needed her there, just her, her reassurance of like, I'm not leaving you. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to abandon you. I'm here to support you all the way through. And, and that was super reassuring. Um, and it got to the point that I was like, listen, I'm done. I don't want to, um, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get this baby out at this point. So I was like, let me take a nap. And then when I get up, I'm going to hold this belly as much as I need to hold this belly. Uh, listen, if we need to tie some ropes around this belly to push this baby down, we're going to do it because I am done at this point. <laughs> so I remember getting in the bed and I laid like I did a, a leaning back position to kind of use gravity to help, you know, pull baby like back and in. And um, I still had, I think it was like the rebozo tied around me and I took a little nap and it was a really powerful contraction that woke me up out of my sleep. Um, I remember like feeling my son like move down. Right. And then I was like, y'all, the baby's about to come out. <laughs> like, this is happening. Like, y'all. And um, my husband is like, it's just me and my husband in the room at this time because we were sleeping. And he's like screaming out the room, like, y'all, she's about to push this baby out. <laughs> and we had tried, I wanted to do another water birth because I did a water birth with my first son. And I wanted to do one with this, with the second. But every time I would get in the water, it would slow everything down. And so, you know, and, and at this point, there was no time to get me back in that tub. I'm like on the edge of the bed, on my side, because my, my midwife had come in and um, turned me on my side at this point. So I'm on my side and my body is pretty much just like pushing this baby out. And <laughs> my husband is in the most awkward position. Like he's holding, I'm holding his neck. He's like holding under my arm holding one leg up and I'm like, don't drop me. Do not drop me. And he's like, I got you, babe. I got you. And my husband is really thin, right? Like I'm super skinny and my husband is just as thin. So I'm like, I know you're strong, but don't drop me. Okay. Like I'm in the middle of having a baby. If any time you need to pull strength from anywhere, this is the time you better not drop me. He's like, it's cool. I got you. I got you. <laughs> so Baby comes out, everything is good, and it it was it was it was a crazy experience. Um, and but it was beautiful all at the same time. It was like super worth it. Um, I'm just thinking about that the piece where you needed that reset, right? You needed the your midwife to assure you that okay, if I take this leap, if I do this next thing, um, you're not, you're, yeah, you're not going to abandon me, right? Like, <laughs> I need to know that I'm fully supported in this moment because, yeah, I don't want to, for you, I don't want to go to the hospital, but I'm also afraid of, like, if I do take this leap and it doesn't work, wh like, what happens? Um, so being able to have a care provider who can surround you and like, no, we're on the same page. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Cause she had tried so much. She had suggested so much at that point. We have been walking and doing squats and rebozos and all these things. And it seemed like nothing was working. 
And so, you know, for her to be like, we just gonna keep going until this baby comes out. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, we're gonna figure it out. Well, if we need to call somebody and ask for some more ideas, we'll do that. But I'm here and I'm not leaving until we're done. I also wanna reflect on, um, like, and we've said this a couple of times, but I think your your share highlights too. Like there's this, okay, well, we have to get to 10 centimeters in order for a baby to come. But there being this real understanding of that, it's also about baby's placement in the pelvis. Is baby engaged? Where's the cervix sitting? Um, how are, how effect, uh, effective is the word? How um purposeful are your contractions, right? Because you could be having contractions all day, but they're not um, supporting your body to actually allow baby to come down. And so how having all of that information actually gives you a bigger picture of like, do we need to do positional changes? Do we need to add um, an intervention, Um, right? And I think many people walk in being like, oh, I just have to get 10 centimeters. And they're like, no, we're checking for, (laughs) if you do decide to have a cervical check, checking for a couple other things or even how you had no cervical checks and she was still able to let you know we need to get baby engaged so a cervical check isn't even really needed sometimes to be able to determine what's going on with body and baby absolutely absolutely and I think that's one of the one of the biggest misconceptions that people have of really how birth goes right I think the way that birth is portrayed in movies and media and how people talk about it really gives us this misunderstanding of really what's happening, right? Like we think it's water break and then you got to run to the hospital because everything's going to happen super quickly. And if you don't get there in five minutes, your baby's just going to drop out. And, you know, we forget that there's so many different parts that are all working together. And I think that's also why... <laughs> She's like, y'all gonna get this message today. And so um I think that's that's also why I really encourage people to take birth classes so they can learn all of the things that's going on and how they all work together. Because it makes it make more sense when you see the videos of the moms and they're squatting and they're dancing and, you know, they're making all these sounds and all those different things. It makes it make a little more sense and not look crazy, right? Because we're like, why is she doing all that? Why is she so loud? And like, why are they dancing? And it's like, because there's so many things at play in this thing. And you have to literally work with your baby, right? Um. But yeah, it's, it's like there's so many things at play. And so we have to be really cognizant of that. And I think that's why it's really important to go with your body and see what is your body telling you to do, right? Is your body telling you to squat, get on all, all fours, take a rest, move around, because those things all work together. So what did postpartum look like the second time around? For the second time my mom, um, again, came and stayed with us. I think she, it was a little less time, um, like maybe a week or so. Um, a friend of mine had put together a meal train. And so people were bringing us food every day or sending us money for food every day, literally for probably like a month and a half. Like it was the, that part was like the best thing ever. Like, not having to worry about food 
which is, it was such a big help. And also I had, um, each time I had issues with like breastfeeding, getting a good latch. Um, and we had a lactation consultant come this time and, and that was really helpful to figure out what was going on. Girl, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was helpful, reassuring to like figure some things out. Um, and then anybody who came over to our house, they either came like with food, with groceries, with um, toiletries, things like that, or they came to wash dishes, you know, to let me get a shower. Like everybody was very intentional. Um, and we were very clear about that when we told people like that they could come over. It was like, listen, you're not coming over for a visit. Like we need help or we're going to see you later on. And we were really big. I was really big about like staying um, kind of like rested and really like in the bed for the first probably two to three weeks after each one of my births. Like I was very intentional about that. Like I am going to be flatlined for these week, few weeks um, because I really wanted to heal. I really wanted to, you know, be in tune with my baby and really get breastfeeding off to a really good start. So postpartum, it was, like I said, breastfeeding was like the biggest challenge, but um, we had the support on deck and like ready to go if any issues came up. And what was it like um, now you've made the transition from one kiddo to two? So were there some shifts there that you were also working through um, with your postpartum, with that part of your postpartum? Absolutely. So my son, um, he hung out with his grandparents for a little bit and they would like, you know, come get him and hang out with him. Um, my husband would, you know, take him out for walks and stuff, but he, he was four. So he kind of understood what was going on. Um, and he had stopped nursing, what, probably when I, in, I think at the, right at the end of my first uh, trimester. So he was, he was doing like big boy things at this point, right? And because there was only one other kid, my husband could like take him in the other room and hang out and play. He was still, you know, taking naps at that time. Um, so that was like super helpful. Um, and it was it was the summer. It was the middle of the summer. So they could go outside and play and let me take a nap or we took family naps all together. Um, so, yeah, it, it worked out really well. Um, the challenge was just like my attention. And like when she wanted to nurse and he wanted to read a book, like figuring a way to like balance that out. Um, but, you know, having my husband be on like maternity leave and being there for those first few weeks was really helpful. And then I think after after a month, my son was going to school anyway. So that also was really helpful. That it was like, okay, <laughs> I got I got the day kind of to myself. Um, and that, that worked out really nicely. And you you just mentioned that um, he nursed until you were done with your first trimester. How was it with being pregnant and also nursing and you know was that a shared decision that you were kind of like all right we're ready or was he giving you signs that you know it was time as well it was definitely a um it was my decision but he was on board with it so he was three and a half at that point um my booze are becoming super tender 
And so it was just so uncomfortable, like to nurse. And he was really only nursing like once a day at that point. Um, and it, it, it had been a, a slow progression to that point. Like he had kind of, you know, he was going to school. So he was with me a lot, a lot less. And, you know, he was eating more food, table food and things of that sort. So it was going down naturally. And I just told him like, hey, buddy, we're going to, you know, stop doing this because you're a big boy now. And, you know, you, you got other things. You're, you don't need to do this anymore. And he was like, OK. And, you know, he asked a few times after that. And I just reminded him, like, remember, we said we were all done. And he was like, OK, mommy. And, you know, he went about his business. Now with going from number two to number three. Whole nother situation. Well, with that said, can you tell us about your third pregnancy? (laughs) Yes, the third pregnancy. That was my toughest pregnancy of them all. And it's funny because when I had, when with my first, I remember telling my husband, like, I'm afraid to have more kids because they say that each one is different. And I'm like, this was perfect. So, if this is perfect, that means the other ones are not going to be perfect. And I don't know if I want to deal with not perfect. So um, I was I was definitely afraid. So the third one was the toughest. I was like super nauseous. It was the first pregnancy that I actually like threw up. And I was like, this is not okay. Like, I know people go through this, but listen, I don't want to be that person. Like, this is horrible. And, and so, you know, in my mind, it was horrible comparing it to my other two pregnancies. But in reality, it was kind of the lesser of what most people talk about. Um, I had like a, lots of body aches. I can't remember the name of it when like your ligaments and stuff start um, getting looser faster and they get a little too loose. And so things are kind of like jumbling all over the place. I dealt with that with all of my pregnancies. And the third one, it started like right at the end of the first trimester. And I was showing very quickly, which that part I was happy about because I liked my little bump. Like it gave people a reason to talk to me. I'm like, yes, come talk to me, people. (laughs) Come on. Um, But the like sleeping was just so difficult. Sorry. I was also nursing um, my middle child at the time. And I had the same thing where like my boobs were getting really sore and I caught myself trying to like wean him and do the same thing. Like, okay, buddy, we're going to be done. And he's like, Haha, absolutely not. Like we are not done. <laughs> like you might be, but I am not. And so like that was really, really stressful. Um, and it, it was, this definitely was, was my toughest pregnancy hands down. Do you feel like you guys had to do anything additional um, in this preparation as it was harder for you physically? Um, I know that this is the birth you chose to have at home. Yeah, this was the home birth. So I was, I got pregnant or I found out I was pregnant um, October of 2020. So this is in the middle of the pandemic, right? Which also played a, a part with, my son not wanting or breastfeeding so much still at that age. Um, and my by this time, the birth center that I had had my first two children had closed. I don't think it was due to COVID, but it had closed. And so my options were home birth or hospital birth. And it was already set in my mind, you know, 
six years ago that I'm not going, I don't need to go to nobody's hospital. So that's out of the question. Um, but it also meant that we were going to have to pay for this home birth because my insurance was not going to cover it. And um, it was, it, it was, it was difficult. Like for my husband, it's like, babe, we've done this twice already. We can do this. Like, let's just go to the hospital so we don't have to put out, you know, $7,000 in the middle of a pandemic. Like, we can do this. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, there's too much going on in the world. I don't know if they're going to separate you from me. We might not be able to have a doula with us. I've never been in that environment to, you know, bring my baby forth. So I don't want to go through that. And like, we're already on pins and needles just in the in the pandemic, right? <laughs> like we're on pins and needles and we're doing a virtual school, which is extra stressful. Like I'm not trying to add another layer of fear to that. Um, and of course I got what I wanted and I was like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not doing it. I don't care what you say. I'm not going. <laughs> so um, we got a midwife and she would come to our house um, to do our appointments, which was really nice. And, you know, we decided that we weren't going to be able to do a doula this time because we were paying for the midwife. Um, but yeah, like we didn't, we didn't do anything other than the home birth. That was the only thing that we did differently in, in this, um, this time around. Well, walk us through the birth. Cool. So this, with this one, I, I kind of, um, I was more open to suggestions. So I was, I was belly binding and wearing, you know, the, the lifts and all of those things. Um, I was, yeah, I just, I did most of the things. And I, one of the things that was hard for me though, was I still wanted to like, I was like, I don't, I don't need sonograms. Like, I don't want to do that, but my midwife required it. She was like, I just want to make sure that everything is okay. And I'm like, mm. and with that, I was, it was my second trimester and the son, the first sonogram had showed that my uh, placenta was a little bit like covering my cervix, not covering it, but just like you, it was kind of there. Right. Um, and so they were like, this could become a problem later on, but, you know, it's usually normal at this stage. Um, but, um, you know, we want to keep an eye on it. And that was really part of the reason why I didn't want to do sonograms, right? Because I knew that they were going to find something that was normal and they were going to make a big deal about it and stress me out. And I wanted to avoid that. But I was like, okay, if I have to go through this thing in order to have the home birth, okay, I'll do it. And then the exact same thing that I, you know, avoided in the second pregnancy comes up this time. I'm like, see, this is why I told y'all, I told y'all. And so my midwife is like, um, you know, this could be normal, but we're going to keep an eye on it. We're going to do another check um, in a few weeks, which I was like, I gave you one. Now I got to give you two. Like, this is horrible. Right. I'm like complaining about the little things. Right. I'm about to have a whole home birth, but I'm complaining about that. And um, and then she was like. I also want you guys to like stop having sex. And I was so mad because I was like, this pregnancy for some reason, my sex drive was on a whole nother level. 
And this, I swear we were having like the best sex of our marriage. Like, I was like, this is amazing. And then here she comes. I'm like, are you serious? Like, I remember the conversation and I was so upset. And I was like, are you serious right now? Like, I had the whole like net going and everything. Like, what? I was so bad. So anyway, we got through that. Everything was fine. The placenta moved up like we knew that it was going to, um, you know, I, you know, I had the aches and the pains and all that through through the pregnancy. And then birth comes. We are, what, a maybe a week before I, her due date? No, it's two days before her due date, actually. My other kids were all came a week before their due date. She is a few days before. Um, of course, I have two boys running around the house. So everything is super hectic most of the time. And... Um, I had been having contractions for like a week. Every evening for two weeks, I was having consistent contractions. So we kept thinking, okay, we might be getting started. And then it would just go away. It was like, okay, we might be getting started. And then it would go away. So then my husband was like, I think it was Thursday or Friday. My husband's like, I think that we should send the boys to my mom's house so that you could just have a weekend of rest. And I bet you that this is going to get started. And I'm like, okay, cool. So Sunday morning, um, it's, contractions were started a little bit, but we're not thinking anything of it. We're like, okay, here we go again with these. She faking us out. My mother-in-law comes and gets my boys like 12 o'clock on the dot. Literally, as, like, as soon as they walk out the house, contractions pick up. Like, I was like, this is hilarious. This was like, I need my time. Like, they need to go. I need my time. <laughs> so contractions pick up. <laughs> Things are going. And it's like, okay, we might have a baby today. I am in labor all day through the evening. I remember walking around the house and it's like dark at this point. We're in the basement. You know, we had started setting up the birth pool down in the basement and, you know, me and my husband are just hanging out. And then a few hours later, I'm like, babe, I don't want to do this no more. Like, I'm tired. Like, this is, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. Like, this hurt. I want this baby to come out. And I'm like, we're not having no more kids, okay? Like, this is it. I'm not doing this no more. This was awesome. It was beautiful. But I'm done. Like, no more, okay? <laughs> and he's like, babe, let's just worry about this right now. Let's just get through this. And then we'll talk about that later. I'm like, there's no talking. I'm done. Okay? I'm done. This is tough. This is the toughest one. And this is as tough as it's going to get because I'm done. And, you know, just going through the night and my husband was really big on rest. He's like, okay, let's try to let's try to get you rested. He's like turning the lights down low, all these things. I end up falling asleep. I sleep throughout the night. I get back up. It Contractions pick right up. They're getting more intense, but they're not really like speeding up. And so we call the midwife and um, my husband, because he knows what to do, he has it on speakerphone so she can hear me. And she hears me go through a contraction. She's like, wow, that sounds really intense. And I'm like, that wasn't even a hard one. And she's like, okay. Um, and little do I know, I'm thinking like she's about to be in her car on her way to my house, but she has two moms in labor at the same time. And we're in opposite directions. So she's trying to gauge who to go to first, right? <laughs> and, and so, you know, she's like, keep going, keep, you know, keep me up to date and, you know, tell me what's going on. So we're like, okay. 
So we keep going. At this point, I'm like, listen, I'm hungry. So one of my friends goes to get us food. She's a doula. So she drops the food off and she kind of lingers around. I think she's going to drop it off and leave. But she kind of lingers around and she's watching me. And she's like, let's go for a walk. And so as we're walking, she's like, you are very tense and you are fighting this. She's like, this baby's trying to come, but you are fighting it. And she's like pointing out like where I'm really tense. And she's like, your eyebrows, loosen up your eyebrows, lower your shoulders. And she was with me for an hour and it was the best hour. Like I needed it. Like just with that, with that second one where I needed that reassurance from the midwife to be like, I'm here with you to have her there and to be like, it's okay, Ash, like let just let go squat in this next one you got this like it's all good like she's ready just let her come and right after that I was like okay I need to take a break and then I'm ready like I need to go take a nap and then I'm ready I'm ready for this so I went and took a little nap I got up I took a shower I remember I went into the kitchen and my husband was taking a shower and contractions had really picked up once I woke up and I'm standing at the table and I'm like, Darius, calling my husband. And he's like, what's up, babe? And I'm like, something is coming out. And he's like, what? I'm like, I can feel something in my vagina. And he's like, like a baby? I'm like, I don't know, but it's something. <laughs> so he like runs and grabs the phone. He calls the midwife and he tells her what's happening. And as <laughs> he's on the phone, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I feel something. Like, I don't know what this is, but I feel it. It was part of the amniotic sac that was coming out and it was still intact. And he's, so she's like, put your hand, to, talking to my husband, she's like, put your hand underneath her and like, make sure that if anything comes out that you catch it and, um, you know, get her on the floor, like lay her down. And I'm like, no, I'm standing in the kitchen on the hardwood floor. I'm like, no, I am not sitting on this. This is hard. Like, absolutely not. So I'm like, he's like squatted down. He has one hand like underneath my vagina, one hand on the phone, talking to the midwife. And I'm like walking toward him. So he's duck walking backwards. So he's like, well, can I, can I put her on the couch? And the midwife's like, yeah, get her on the couch. That's fine. I'm like, no, to the bedroom. Nothing is coming out on my couch. Like, no. So I'm just like moving him as he's walking backwards. We get to the bed. Like I sit there and he starts to FaceTime the midwife to show her. And she's like, okay, it's just that. It's not a baby yet. Like I'm on my way. And she's like, I'm going to stay on the phone with you. And so he's like running around like a madman trying to like pull out the, the poodle pads and put them all over the place and all these things. And then we get a knock on the door. It's the birth assistant, right? <laughs> so she comes in and um, she tells my husband, she's like, just just stay with her. I'm going to get everything else set up. You're all good. You know, like, where, where's all the your kid at? And he tells her. So she's setting everything up and he's sitting with me. And I get, I tell him to like, get on the bed, get behind me. I want to lean on you. So we're on the bed. I'm like leaning back. Contractions are still going and stuff. Probably another 15, 20 minutes, the midwife comes in and, you know, she looks and she's like, okay, it looks like we're getting close, right? Contractions are getting closer. And um, we're sitting there for a little while. So I'm like, so about that birth tub, like, can I go get in the pool now? And she's like, you still want to do that? I'm like, absolutely. So 
the birth assistant and her, the student midwife, they run downstairs to start putting the water into the tub because already blown up and in position, just got to put the water in it. So they're doing that. So they're trying to like get me together to take me down the steps. So I'm like, we're walking down the steps. I get into the pool and about maybe 30 minutes later, she comes out. I push her. We did, I want to say maybe three pushes and she was out. Um, it was it was amazing. And it's crazy because each time I was like fighting the pushing part, I was so afraid to push. I was so afraid of, you know, the ring of fire. I was so afraid of tearing, which I teared in the first one, but it wasn't very bad. But I was just like, you know, I was just afraid of that moment. And I remember my midwife pushing on uh, like the, the my back because I'm in the birth tub on my knees, leaning over the side of the tub. And she's like, rock your hips to help this baby come down and come out. She's like, rock your hips. And I thought I was really rocking, but apparently I wasn't because like when she put her hand on me and rocked, I could feel the difference. And I'm like, oh, wait, that I don't like this rocking. Hold on. She's like, no, but we, this is the rock that we need. And I'm like, I know what you're saying, but I don't like it. Like, please stop touching me. <laughs> she's like, she's like, I know. Let's just get it out. I'm like, all right, man, like whatever. Like, okay, I'm, I'm rocking. All right. I'm rocking. And she came right out. and. It was it was so amazing to be in my own space and to do that. Like I had two amazing births before that and to do this in my own space and like I'm like telling people where stuff is because I know where everything is. I'm like, oh, it's over there. And they're like asking my husband, but I'm like, oh, it's, it's in, in my room on a dresser. It's right. Like that just felt. I don't know. It just felt like I was where I was supposed to be. I was giggling to myself a little bit, like thinking of as a doula, like we'll make recommendations about or care or birth workers in general about positional change or like rock your hips this way or, you know, do this squat. And it's always interesting in labor to see like when the birthing person does it. And then when we're like, well, actually, can you go a little deeper? And they're like, oh, that's what you want. No, I can't. Like rock, rock, I'm rocking my hips. She's like, no, rock. Like, oh, oh, wait a minute. Mm -mm. Uh, I don't want to do that. Yeah, right. Yeah, the piece it. Like, can we just do it for like two contractions? And then let's just keep going. No, no, we ain't got it. No, <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> yes. I I love when um we're listening to stories about the water births or, or even just laboring in water for some people. And it's the part where like the work of getting the tub ready. Yeah. Nobody tells the laboring person no, first of all, but they all want to. They're all like, can we just stay right here? Cause we already, so no, she said, she, she said what she said. So. Right. Right. You're like, we all set up, we all this stuff right here. We're ready. And I'm like, we go use this pool. <laughs> that tub. It's a, a yeah. Like, do you know what it right. took for me to get this tub? We gonna use the tub. I don't care if I pop in and out. Something is happening with photo shoot. We gonna to use the tub. Yeah. Put the kids in the tub. <laughs> put the boys in the tub. Put somebody in the tub. <laughs> it's also a reminder if you do decide to use a birth pool, practice beforehand. Please don't let day of be the first day you done <laughs> you done blown this thing up. Don't do that. Absolutely. Make sure that the hose is going to reach to where you have this tub at. 
make sure it's in a spot that there's no draft of like cold air, like all of those little Great. things. Like, yes, make sure that you have somewhere to go when you get out the tub. See, because like we put ours in the basement. And so our midwife was very on point where she was like, okay, I know you said it's in the basement. Is there a bed down there? Or do you have a blow up bed? And I'm like, yeah, we got a blow up bed. She's like, okay, make sure that's ready. Have that already blown up and downstairs. Make sure you got pillows and sheets and, you know, stuff to cover your carpet. So you're not mad later on because it's crap all over it. So prepare. Yeah. Okay. Prepare. <laughs> yes. There's a whole booklet on home birth. <laughs> that hasn't been. <laughs> Read the booklet. Right, we're gonna make a book with some steps, y'all. It's, it's beautiful, <laughs> but it's also work too. All the things that are literally already set up for yes, you please. at hospitals, so like a place to go, the the things that you have to prepare those things, which is fun. It's and it's great. not to discourage, right? The right use, exactly. Right? It's not to discourage. Exactly. It's just to prepare. It's just be right. informed and prepared. That's right. all. That's all. That's it. Yeah, because we don't want you fighting. Your partners or your birth, your support team. That's who's going to get hit. No. <laughs> That's who's taking the hit. Won't even be mad at the middle. Right. right. Your partner. That's, let's just all admit it. Like, why did you buy this? <laughs> they look at you. <laughs> like, what? You begged for this. <laughs> partner has no idea yes. how they became the villain, but listen. Right. It's their fault. So. That's the message there. Just pr- just practice with the pool, y'all. <laughs> Do not be fooling with a bucket. Don't. Trying to run around filling that pool. Don't do it. We've had some of those stories. Yes. Ooh, and get a liner because you don't want to be cleaning all the other things just out of the liner does it for you. It's like the crock pot liners. But the liners, you just pull it out, throw it away. Yes. A birthing crock pot. Yes. Look at you, Laura. I'm Listen. It's a crock pot. It we give you so tips out here. here. Okay. <laughs> you can kind of use it like a little Come trash on. can, right? Where you put all the other stuff, all the poodle pad stuff, just throw it in done. there, wrap that joint up, put it in a bag. Done. You're done. Because <laughs> the water does have yes. to leave after the baby. Like, there's. there's we're not going to get into it. You can't hang we're with not that. Gonna do it. It's a lot. Today. It's beautiful, <laughs> but be prepared. <laughs> they are not at the hospital. <laughs> Make sure right. that the partner right. is prepared, right? Because I didn't need to get the cleanup part, right? Because I'm too busy, like, looking at this baby and breastfeeding and all this stuff. But I did hear my midwife like, hey, Darius, I need you to do this. Hey, Darius, I need you to do that. Right? So he was the one that was doing all the work. So make sure that they are prepared to do all that work, right? How was post? Shout out to Darius. Right, exactly. Yeah, look. Darius. Thank Shout you. Out. Darius, thank you. You did it. Shout out. <laughs> He's going to love that when he listens. <laughs> right. I did something. Yes. Here's your flowers, babe. That's right. <laughs> so, how was postpartum this time around? And how are you in your postpartum at this moment? Yes. Postpartum, I, um, it went, I had this vision in my mind of how postpartum was going to go, right? Because this was our first birth at our, in our new house. Um, and we have like a finished basement. So I'm like, oh, I, I had like set up 
the area in the basement. Like, I got the TV, I got a bathroom down here, I have a refrigerator down here. I got my little rocking chair. I'm like, oh, this is where I'm gonna spend most of my time, right in this chair. And I got everything that I need. I don't think I came downstairs for like two months after I had her. I, I was like, can I bring myself up here, please? Because I'm, I'm, I'm not going down there. Like, absolutely not. And um, I was in the bed the whole time. Um, and I mean, it worked out really well. Again, I had issues with nursing. I was like, what is happening? Like, I'm a La Leche League leader. I'm like, how do I not know how to breastfeed? What is happening here? I didn't breastfeed two kids, both for like over three years. Like, how do how is this a thing, right? But just like pregnancy, each baby is different when it comes to breastfeeding too. And I'm glad that I had folks on deck um, to, you know, help me out, even though I was experienced, even though I had did this before. And um, so I had a lactation consultant come and um yeah, we, we figured it out. And we I also we did a meal train again this time. Um, and I also did a little bit of extra preparation because I had in my mind that because this was my third child, people weren't going to want to um, help as much or like buy as much stuff off our registry and things like that, which was not true. Because um, a lot of times when you actually ask people, they do show up like surprisingly so. Um, but I, I prepared in that I totally filled our downstairs freezer and refrigerator with like really quick foods or lots of snacks, things that my husband could just like throw in the oven real quick or throw in the toaster, um, stuff that you could just like grab and go. Like I went, you know, to like, I think it was like Sam's Club or something and bought all the big jumbo packs of everything. And I like rid out everything that was, that I had bought put where it was in the refrigerator and like posted it on the refrigerator. So like you knew exactly what was left. And it was like, if you take something off the refrigerator, just mark it off so that we know what is left, where exactly to find it. And I, I knew that I I was the one that knew where everything was. I was the one that had did all this shopping. And I, I didn't want people to keep asking me where things were. And so I was like, Hopefully this will, you know, make it easier because I don't want to snap on anybody because I know my hormones is going to be all over the place and I'm going to try not to, you know, bruise any relationships in this. <laughs> um, and so it worked out really well. And again, we still had people that was dropping off food. Like we had soup, enough soup, my God, for probably a month and a half, like so much soup. And people were calling me every other day, like, you want some soup? And I had posted on social media, like, hey, anybody want to make me some postpartum soup, right? Because it was, like, trending among all the doulas. Everybody's talking about postpartum soup. I'm like, I want some postpartum soup. And, like, 15 people wanted to bring me postpartum soup. And I'm like, this is awesome, but now I'm sick of soup. Can somebody bring me pizza now? <laughs> like, please, people, no more soup. But it was really awesome to have those, those things available. And people who I did not take care of. People who I didn't think would show up showed up in in a really big way um, that really helped us in in that postpartum stage. Like people coming and taking our older kids out to go hang out and play, or um, coming over and cleaning our kitchen and cooking for us, or you know washing clothes and organizing things. It was really really nice. Um, this time my mom didn't get to come down as soon as I had the baby, like she had with the previous two births because she's working now. 
And so, you know, she came down a few weeks later, but her and my sister came and they still were like such a big help. Um, and so, yeah, it was just a lot of people that made themselves available for us. And we kept people like updated on what was going on so that they could be of really good help to us. Um, and also this time I had, I dealt with postpartum depression with my second child and I didn't know that I was dealing with postpartum depression, even though I knew like all of the signs and all the things as a birth worker, I knew what that was. Um, but I didn't recognize it in myself until someone else like pointed it out to me. And so this time I was trying to be ahead of it. So I had like hired, had a therapist and I had already had a few, um, uh, sessions with her. So I was ready, you know, me and my husband had talked about it. I told my midwife about it and like everybody just was checking on me and I really wanted to like let go of the stigmas that I had held about postpartum depression and what depression looked like um, by like letting people know what I was going through so they would check, check in on me and make sure that I was okay and make sure that my baby was okay. Um, and that was really, really helpful. Are there any other things you want to share with our listeners, whether it be advice, um, additional portions of any of your birth stories, um, or even resources that have been supportive to you and your family? The thing that I want folks to know is that birth is really, really beautiful. And I know that we hear lots of horror stories about it. And we know all of the statistics and all of the dangers, but there's another side to it where it can be really fun and adventurous and exciting and calm and beautiful and something that you want to do and something that you want to talk about over and over again with a smile on your face, right? And there, there are a lot of factors that we can't control, but there are a lot of factors that we can control. And I just want people to know that there's a lot of things that, you know, that everything is not out of their hands. I think sometimes we feel like whatever happens, happens. Like, you know, this is what I want, but uh, like, but I think there's a lot of things that we can kind of, we can do our best to, you know, steer it in a way that we want it to go. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out that way and that's okay. And even still, I think that preparation still makes that experience better, right? You know, like C-sections are a thing because they are life-saving, right? Not as much as we use them, but they are life-saving in some situations. And I think if we prepare for the experience that we want, even when we have, you know, an emergency arise, it's still a totally different experience than if we just went into it like, okay, whatever you want to do, whatever you say, I'm just going to go with it and cross my fingers. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of things that you can do to enjoy the process and, you know, have an experience that is not traumatic. Even if it doesn't turn out the way that you wanted it to, it doesn't have to be traumatic regardless. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com. 